0: Welcome to Series 2, Episode 3 of Out of Your League. I'm Gethin Jones, making my debut today alongside some of the game's greats and Mark Flanagan. Seriously, though, um, I'm here as a replacement for your regular halfback, Will Perry, who unfortunately got stuck in a pair of his carrot tapered skin-tight jeans on the way out of his house. He's now got an Uber to his mum's house to oil them off. But luckily, the rest of the panel tonight have made it unscathed. Although John Wilkin always looks like he's been in a scrap or two. But that's okay because he knows he's my favourite ever since I told him. He was hung like a horse live on radio. Remember that, John? I do remember Still that. Still talked about Very, that, you know? very inaccurate, but <laughs> apart from that, yes. No. Seahorse. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can explain that another time. But for now, we turn our attention to our special guest. Now, if we were recording this four years ago, he probably would have cycled all the way from Warrington on a BMX. But this is 2020. He's probably just driven here in his family-size SUV. It's the Maori Cook Islander who, uh, when he's not playing centre stage, he likes to sell watches for Daryl Clark and put a few bets on for you guys it's the multi-betting multi-talented man of the people Anthony Gelling. one of the people man of the people man of the man people oh so
1: uh, yeah yeah it was. that
0: is officially a better nickname than john's which is the horse yeah sh- was. Sh- should we give that that sh- needs some clarity don't it do you want to do that now so
2: in, in 2003 Gethin came to my house and um Why? he was simulating a day in the life of a rugby player um, for when he was working at Blue Peter when it, you know the career the career yeah, was, the going then, I mean, well, the was going better wasn't it it was going better I was earning money <laughs> yeah so we came round to my house and we pretended to be having this massage um and what he tried to say was when I got off the massage bed that I had a big frame. But he said, y- I was built like a horse. <laughs> <I did laughs> as a, as that. had a towel and around my waist. He didn't
3: see the, your front, he just saw the back. No, no. you should have said
2: built like a prom. <laughs> that would have been more effective.
0: It, it, but the thing was then, it just it sort of just grew in stature, that story, didn't it? What grew? So, yeah. Is it the same story, is it? Changes a <laughs> Chinese whispered. I out? don't remember no. that story. My no, that's yeah, that, that's different. absolutely how I remember it. Yeah, it's yeah. not quite as good as Man of the People, though, is it? Anthony Gelling, eh? What there's there's that?
1: there's worse than nicknames out there, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: is it? But the thing is, it's because you swore a ref or something, isn't it? Is that how you got the title?
1: Um, I said that, uh, the video referee, I said the time he takes pisses me off, <laughs> and sure enough, whoa, whoa can't say that, you can't mate. say that, yeah. I tell it like it is, I'm the man of the people.
2: <laughs> That's true, though. You're yeah. right. You well, are right.
0: Right, these man of the people? Or, or both. Yeah, yeah, no, no the video ref right. No,
2: the video ref, yeah. Bang you off. do,
0: actually. You, know, you are, I suppose, a little bit different to the norm in that you play a professional sport, yet you still very much have been yourself throughout mm. the whole thing. There's no kind of management of your media, is there? Which people love. No, it's refreshing.
1: No, yeah, I don't think so. Rugby league's a weird one. Like Sometimes I look at rugby league and I think... How is this a professional sport sometimes you know like it's you look at like if you compare it to like Premier League and nFL and all these things, and then last year I was playing championship, and I'm thinking, well, if this is a professional sport, this must be like the last
0: <laughs> the last <laughs> rung of the ladder just <laughs> holding off
1: you know it's um it's quite it's very unique very uh very niche, but I think that's what makes it what it is yeah
0: um respect so i respect so in that in, se- yeah.
1: in that sense sorry it's it's uh it's easy to kind of um be yourself amongst. Them. I think there's a lot more freedom
0: than. Social media as well helps because you yeah, you got a you got you
1: a uh, platform, you know, a voice there to. And I don't have to wait to do a podcast to say what yeah. I'm
0: thinking. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. No, but please say what you're thinking today. You know, <laughs> Will loves to put things in order, doesn't he? When it he does. Yeah. Can I do the same? So should we should go back a little yeah, bit. We're going to do forward? chronology. We're um, going to do time. Also, I think I've listened to every single one of these podcasts, and this is Series Two, Episode Three, and I still yet haven't heard Mark Flanagan a- ask a question. Do you think that? He's going to ask one. He's no, keeping the background it and the it takes, takes a, a one good liner four, every now and again. Forty and minutes and he'll get warmed up. If you want a question, just give me the nod. Yeah, put my hand up. That's what to do. That'd be nothing like. In the school class. Um, yeah. let's go back to, to Auckland. Born in Auckland. Yep. Um, what was uh life back then like as a kid? What kind of child were you? Um I was I was I was quite naughty to start with.
1: Um I've kind of bounced around a few schools and stuff. Um I was I was quite an angry kid. Um I think I mean when I first started school, I was I was always getting into fights and I think I hit my teacher, I think, in the first week. Um,
2: that's strong, and not it? was the first week. First goes, week. just yeah, Punching your teachers quite yeah, strong. Yeah, it wasn't,
1: it wasn't a good start. I think first day actually she sent me outside and I just thought, well why am I outside? Like I just walked home. She came outside and she was like, where is he? <laughs> I said, oh, he's, he's at home. She pulled off the principal. I'm at home, sitting on the balcony just eating Fruit Loops or whatever. And she went, you can't just walk home. Like, well, why, not? <laughs> why not? I go, well, that's what it is. Yeah. I was always kind of questioning. You know, so the next time she sent me outside, she said, "Don't go outside, outside. Just sit in the little, uh the little bit where you keep all your bags and stuff." And I would have eaten about fourteen lunches, <laughs> and they didn't believe me. They're like, "Where's all the food?" I said, "I ate it all." They're like, "No, you didn't. Where is it?" <laughs> I said, "It's gone." <laughs> like, what would you do with thirteen sandwiches? You need to follow orders <laughs> as a
0: child, though, you don't know unless you're told, right? That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, that's it. You don't. Yeah, you don't know unless you, unless when, you ask. Okay. When did you know you were good at rugby, rugby league? Uh. When did you first pick up a ball?
1: Um, I think I used to play football because my mum didn't didn't like the context of, of rugby. Yeah, oh. yeah, soccer. So I played um, I played soccer up until I was about uh, eight years old. So this guy that I used to uh, kick around with, he he was like my best mate. I used to go to his house every day, and then he'd go to rugby training. And so eventually, they just said, "Well, why don't you just play as well?" Mm. And um, yeah, his old man was like a, I think he was like an assistant coach or something, but um, yeah, as the years went by, like he's someone I've, I really looked up to. And um, yeah, he just, he was a kind of one that said, you know, you can do this for a living if you want to. Yeah. Was that was that a place to put, you sort of painted a picture of this uh, roguish
2: young kid. Mm. Was rugby the ideal sort of place to put that personality
1: into, if you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think what appealed, uh, what appealed um, to me the most was because uh, my mum and dad had split. By uh, the time that I'd spend with my dad. Like he was quite, he, oh, he said it to himself, he, he was quite immature at that age. Um, one way that we really connected was through rugby. Yeah. So um, I used to go to his house every other weekend. Uh, my nan, she's quite a devout Catholic woman. We used to uh, go to church um, every night, say the rosary, 6 o'clock. Um, I think it was one day everyone's getting ready to go out to church and my dad just kind of pulled me to the side. And he was like, no, nah, no, nah, you're going to stay with me today. i going to watch the NRL grand final. I think it was... Uh, 1999 Melbourne versus St George yeah. and like just to be pulled out of the church group I was yeah. like whoa what's going on yeah, here? Yeah. and then you know to kick it with my dad just me and him it was like really special yeah, yeah and then you know as I started playing too like he took a real interest and that's how we always connected mm-hmm. so for me to to play rugby you know I feel like I'm make, making my dad proud and you know just kind of brings people together yeah for sure so my mum and dad don't really they didn't really talk at the time but don't have to both come to the games and you know say hello and so there was always. Uh, that's a really powerful point yeah, though, isn't massive, it? Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. from a split Jeez.
0: family and it was rugby that actually brought yeah, them together. Kept, as a yeah, everyone
1: on the same page and I, d- I didn't realise it at the time, but looking back, I think that's what what made me kind of fall in love with the game. Yeah,
0: I've I read. Um, tell me if this is not true, but I, I, I yeah. saw something. I think where you said when you were eight, you picked up a ball and you ran round everyone. Is that right? And then. You dropped the ball over the try line. Yeah, yeah. bombed my first try. Really? So you are like this is good. I'm good at the um, getting past people. Yeah. But the finishing, the little maybe need some work.
1: Yeah. What was it? I um I'd I'd run run across the line and I'm gonna go put the ball down, and um, and I dropped it. And my coach said, mate, went, oh, what did he say? He said. Why you bend down and put the ball down like that? You look like a banana. Just <laughs> dive. Just dive
0: on the ground and you can't go wrong. So Actually, you don't often dive. Since. I was looking at some of your best tries before um, meeting you tonight, and uh, you do like a placement of the ball, don't you? Not, yeah, it's, it's not extra a massive dive. Though. So it's
1: like I slide. Depending on how much time I have, I kind of slide on one leg. And it's quite retro, that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, if you watch back in,
1: in the eighties, a lot of the guys were doing that. Yeah. So your your
2: grounding technique is very much the nineteen eighties school. So is that when you first
3: started? Well yeah. When you did when I started did.
0: playing rugby mark, you're quite yeah. right. It's a, a fresh long time, time ago. It's because yeah. there's no water um, on the pitches back then. I right? think it was probably just sand. No, no just man, stop. Yeah. Unfortunately,
1: <laughs> I, I, I have watched a lot of a lot of um, rugby from the '80s as well. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of old footage. I was just, when I was growing up, I was just obsessed
0: with the game. I just, it's just mad that one of the hits. I mean, they're ridiculous now, but back then it was literally no rules whatsoever, with no. it? it's yeah. But yeah. It, was thug- it was thuggery then, wasn't it? You know, it, it was
2: more, it was more brutal, more violent, like for sure. But it's become more refined hasn't it? Yeah. Like even, it's even it's more scientific now. You must understand that with yeah. going back to the NRL. Even, even
1: not that long ago, like, I was watching a game, I think it was Brisbane versus Wigan, uh, maybe late 90s, early yeah. 2000s. And even that was completely different to what it is now. I think Wendell Saylor took a carry and they dropped them on his head. It's and fine. he got up and knocked it on. And they went, whoa, knock on, knock on. Like, yeah, yeah. i, I remember been thrown on his neck. Yeah.
2: I remember watching fine. the
0: Origin games when I was at uni. It like, was 2000, something like that. But they used to kick off and then kick the ball back just so they get the first hit in. It mm. was that brutal, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, um, have you ever dropped the ball over the line, you two? No, you I, I haven't. In time. the act of scoring.
2: Yeah. Oh. No, mm. I've only scored... A handful of good tries, the majority <laughs> of mine have been pathetic, you know. Like, someone's <laughs> really bad, defend like a defensive player that's really bad, <laughs> and you end up scoring. Yeah. Like I never, like, I've never rounded any. He's talking no. about rounding the full oh, that team, yeah. A, that's, kid. yeah. But you still can do that now, yeah. you still do that now. Is uh, I don't think that's anything I've, I've ever done really. Fif-
0: uh, 52 tries was it for Wigan in 102 games, something like that. Uh, scored a few beaters back then, didn't he? Yeah. Good period, yeah. Wigan? Loved
1: it? Yeah, it was a good period. But it was it was that a period where we were we were smashing teams somewhere, mm. you know? It's like if you didn't score, like, whoa, what's wrong with this guy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um,
0: talk about about Wigan because you became a massive um, like a massive star on and off the pitch as well, wasn't mm. it? When there was a big story about didn't you sort of cycle to cycle to the game on a BMX and, and stuff? And that was didn't? before he played science actually. What was that
3: was that it first a good Friday game? It, it was a good Friday game, it was, yeah. Well, there was
1: one season I rode my bike every week because I, I moved just behind the stadium. So there's a shortcut. Um, you cross the canal, there's a little bridge across the canal, and there's no traffic. So quicker than actually getting in the yeah, car so and driving yeah, around. Getting you know. in the car is a hassle, I didn't want to do that.
0: So that's, yeah. that's so funny. I was picturing a good 30 mile bike ride nah, on a BMX. Nah, nah. Through you know the wig and winter to get there. Nah, not
1: at all. That's what I always pull up, no sweat. Just <laughs> is that that, that <laughs> really this, this this realistic
2: personality? What you've got is like connected to you know saying the man of the people. Mm. It's got this realistic element to your character. It's that's like I'm not I'm not. Is that always been you? Do you know what I mean? Have you always been a bit zany, off the wall, bit different, or is that something that has sort of blossomed as you've become uh, great at what
1: you do? I've always. I've always hated being the same. Like I truly do believe that, uh, like variety is the spice of life. You know, yeah. I hate I hate predictability. I hate knowing how things are going to go. Um, I've been like that since I was a kid. As I've gotten older, I'm more comfortable about um, saying saying what's on my mind, or you know, well, parry texting in already, doing doing it's what variety. I feel. So, um, yeah, is, it, is it's, that it's definitely turned up with the social media. Yeah, like social media makes it look like yeah. I'm this crazy guy, but I'm just a, I'm just a normal is
0: person. That cha- has, it, has it changed slightly as you've got older and obviously now the young family as well, mm. or is your mindset still very much the same in terms of wanting to be a bit different and um, uh, speaking your mind? No, I still I still want to be a bit different, but uh, my thoughts
1: are a bit more organized, you know, a bit less impulsive. Um, my party trick used to be uh, at school, I'd jump off like the highest thing onto what? like flat ground. Like that was, I had like perfect technique for like, tucking and rolling and stuff. So that was always my thing was I'd jump off anything. Well, like onto concrete? Onto concrete, onto grass, onto anything. But <laughs> as I got older, it became like jumping off into water. So, um, no fear. Uh I got banned from Jukes 92 for jumping in the canal off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> um I think you've
3: been com- banned from there. Yeah. That <laughs> was
0: for something completely different. I didn't know you could jump off. where so you jump into the canal from there or? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was Lee Breers that spotted it. <laughs> Lee Breers <laughs> and well, he's a well, legend.
1: I said to him, oh, i can't remember how we got talking but he ended up saying oh i'll, I'll give you 200 quid you jump off there and i was like piece, piece of cake man. <laughs> does he know who he's
2: talking
3: <laughs> to he doesn't know my drop cake? and roll technique
1: <laughs> yeah oh, well i tried to get upstairs and they said oh sorry there's a private function upstairs i went oh no worries i won't be here for long but there's a sign <laughs> saying sophie's birthday upstairs so i walked back <laughs> around he goes what are you doing i said oh, i was just here to see sophie oh yeah sophie and the girls are all upstairs i went yeah sweet walked up and their tables kind of blocking the balcony so I've walked up to the table and they're going, oh, like, who's this? And I've just kind of gone, oh, excuse me, excuse me. Jumped up on the table over the railing. And they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> Took my shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stripper. <laughs> yeah, and,
2: yeah, jumped in.
0: When was this? Um, when was this? Um, How uh, many years ago? 2000 and 17 maybe yeah. 200 quid, not bad. Not Back bad, in 2017, eh? yeah. Mark won't even go skiing for the weekend because he's scared of his boss having to go at him. But you know, that's it. Yeah, I'm a you're like, polar opposite to this yeah. Fella. yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I feel safe doing that stuff. It's um, you feel safe. That's that's you, isn't it? Yeah, that's
1: well, we we always grew up doing it because I live by the beach growing up, so jumping down on the rocks and stuff yeah. like low tide.
0: What's, what's your record, Anthony?
1: What's highest, the highest you've been? Uh, the highest one was on a it was on a school kayaking trip. Um, we went up, we stopped for lunch and we walked up to the top of this mountain um, and I was jumping off, kind of being a show off. You know, I jumped off once, twice. A few of the other kids kind of joined in and then uh, the teacher said to me, I bet you're not brave enough to do it backwards. I mean, oh, I bet I am. And he, he, he like stood in front of me and kind of like went to half push me and I just jumped. And i'm falling like this i'm wearing a life jacket and a helmet and i've hit the water like <laughs> oof. and like momentarily i can't move anything and i like oh no. i'm just winded so there's no air going in i can't move my arms and i thought i'm dead here <laughs> I'm and dead. so i can like slowly start doggy paddling he's um he's pulled my life jacket um turns out i cracked the c7 little vertebra in my neck oh my <laughs> We're two days up river, we've got another day to go and it's white rappers like, <laughs> but there's the nowhere bro- to go. With a broken neck. <laughs> with a broken neck and there's nowhere <laughs> to go. So that was, that was probably one of the toughest things I've ever got through, that oh getting God. to the end of that trip.
3: How old were you then? Uh, 15 I think. It was a Fair effort though. 15. Yeah, so mm. we,
1: we got to the campsite in that afternoon and we still had another day to go and um, someone said, oh here's some Nurofen. For your neck. Solid. So I went yeah. solid. Took about six of them. And then I feel like I was holes burning in my stomach. Like, you're not meant to take them on an yeah, empty stomach. too many either. Yeah. So now I've got this and I've got this. I've oh, wow. Back in the tell you what, Wernie
3: would have loved that, wouldn't he? Oh, no, Broken no. neck, walking up a big mountain. I yeah, love yeah. that.
1: Did I love that meme. I love that, that. Do they,
0: do, do, You know, like, do, do managers, head coaches know that about you before they sign you? You know, that you This is
1: information that people should know before
0: you <laughs> sign <laughs> yeah. a player.
1: Yeah. I, I reckon... It's weird, like recruitment wise in rugby league, they don't really do much digging. You know, they watch a couple of clips and go, Yeah, you can do this and that. Mm. But a lot of times, well, from what I see anyway, a lot of times you don't really know much about a person. And it's so hard when you've got a bunch of kids and you're trying to pick which kid's going to kick on and do well. The kids don't even know themselves, really. Yeah. You know, if you sit down and ask them stuff, they go, oh, I don't know. Yeah. You know, what kind of person are you? Oh, I don't know. What do you want to do when you're older? I don't know.
0: Yeah. What do you like about the game? Yeah. I don't that, yeah, that's yeah. really interesting yeah. now, because like sometimes yeah. selection even, or into mm. squads, especially internationally, it's about culture, isn't it, as much mm, as you're just playing, it's chemistry. But, but
2: when, you're, when you're an older player, I think you understand culture, like, like Anthony's saying now, mm. I think he understands culture. It's something that comes to you with time, that. It's yeah. not something, when you're a young guy coming through, you know, I don't think you're ever aware of culture or this, that you're part of something bigger than... You know, mm, yeah. just playing your professional sports career. Well, so how, cult- how
1: effective it is as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, but culture is like a weird thing. Is what what I'm actually really confused by the what it means. You know, the culture of an organization. What 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 does that mean? Well, it's just behaviours. It's how you behave. It's mm. the attitude of people who are around. And when you're young, you have no you have no apprehend that you have no. Understanding of that, like you, you, you mm. walk into a changing room, and the greatest thing you can do at the start of a career is just be there. Like you, I don't, think, I don't think your job is to contribute an awful it's, lot. It's the
3: unwritten rules of the the senior players, isn't it? The people that set those guidelines and those standards. And I reckon probably mm. Wigan was looking, knowing a little bit of it, and looking from the outside. It's probably that's one of the strongest cultures when you're during your period would be. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Like you, you knew what what the culture was it had an identity like you say from the outside looking in you don't have to be there to see to see how it is but what makes it more complex is there's no correct culture like if it works and you're winning is that the correct that?
3: you were you were in a Mm. culture of play hard drink hard and you won everything but we were that was for the era, wasn't it that's That's what I'm talking about
1: to an extent but it would have been different because it's different people yeah. You know, you can't put the same set of rules on a different set of people. Nah. Um, and each each group
2: defines their own rules. Like exactly. the, the the team that I played, the, the successful St. Ellen's teams that I played in, it was kind of weird because we had this, um, it was like a, a self-sabotage dynamic, which was weird. It was like, we were that good, at times we would sabotage ourselves, like through behavior, through getting on the drink too much. Through overly celebrating things that didn't need to be celebrated. We had this this many clashing personalities. What did, what did you over celebrate? Everything. Example, everything. Yeah. Not everyone everything. else. Woo. Yeah.
3: We'll we had, it again. We had,
2: right. If you think about this team, and it's dysfunctional. It's dysfunctional. And and I think a blend of people's right. And, and and when I watched Wigan, and just just making a point about you is when I looked at Wigan, it was all structured and organised. Yet we had this guy who played left centre for him, who was. Didn't conform to anything yourself who just making his own rules up, doing his own thing, charging down dropouts, which is one of my favorite really things, amazing. or charging down you know it the conversion yeah, attempts, yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah, um, you know, all of these things, but it requires a blend of people. But at St Helens, I think we had uh, Paul Wellens, Paul Schoolthorpe, Sean Long, Kieran Cunningham, you know, big, big names and they were all
1: sort of tussling for the yeah and, you know who's seen. you guys and were and you guys were so good for so long and i think a lot of teams they go oh well <laughs> It's kind of like the culture of rugby league, you know. People say, oh, well, you can't just get on the pistol. It's, oh, well, St. Helens done it and look how good they
2: are. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: no, it's true, yeah. So, and it's hard to argue with that. You can't ah, say,
2: We were horrendous. We were horrendous. Our culture was horrendous. Yeah. Whereas the, I think the Wigan culture actually was built on discipline, wasn't it? Mm. You know, it was hard work and discipline.
1: Hard work and discipline, but at the same time, you know, we got people getting in trouble for all sorts. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, there was... There was um, you know we no angels that's for sure yeah yeah, yeah. You know? w-
0: were you someone in that situation that if you saw that in others you would 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 step up and try and advise or were you sort of very much looking after yourself back then in that period? yeah no nah, not at all you just be let them get on with it yeah i just thought each to their own if that works
1: for you that mm-hmm. works for you yeah i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do you do what you do and
0: but like you say you did have so much success um at Wigan during that time and actually would you have stayed a bit longer if it wasn't for the Personal reasons that you had to go back to New Zealand for? Um,
1: yeah, definitely.
0: Um, I was, I think, I was contracted for another year or another
1: two years. I think it was, and I definitely wanted to, because the way twenty seventeen had finished, you know, we didn't even make the finals. Uh, lost it, lost at Wembley. Um,
0: I wanted to, to go out better than that. Yeah, mm. but it was taken out of your hands. Are you okay to talk a little bit about what what happened after that? Or? Uh, I know you have in the past but you don't you don't yeah, have to uh, at all. Yeah, maybe maybe at a later date. Yeah. You know, yeah. But it was a it was a kind of strange turn of events in that you thought you'd be in Wigan and then you go home and you have a year then mm. back back home. What was that like? How did it compare with the success you had at Wigan and the year you had back in New Zealand in terms of rugby and the culture that we're talking about?
1: Um it was weird how it all happens. I've always had this nagging this nagging thing that I I want to play for the New Zealand Warriors. Yeah. So that's ever since I was, you know, picked up a rugby ball at eight years old. That was always my goal. Yeah. Um I think it was one day we were at a uh, my secondary school went to like a uh like a work expo day at Mount Smart Stadium where the Warriors play. And so you go inside and they tell you oh, you have a look around at all these different uh, electrical apprenticeships and you know sign up for the Air Force and this and that and all the things you can do after school and I was walking around and like just nothing appealed to me at all and I went and sat outside as I were putting up the post I was just looking at the field I thought fuck like I don't want to do anything else but this like like whatever it's gonna take I'm gonna do that um, you know and play for the Warriors not just play you know for anyone I wanted to play for the Warriors and Got a bit panicky during my time at Wigan, where I felt like I was gonna f- finish at Wigan. I was gonna be here till for too long, and then because an opportunity. Yeah, right? well, because NRL like it, it is a really tough comp, and I, you know I couldn't just show up when I'm 31 and be like, all right, come on, then let's yeah. let's <laughs> have you. So I had a conversation with Wayney, I think the year before, and I just said how I felt about um, maybe getting a release or options about playing for the Warriors, but. Uh, he he wasn't too keen, but I don't think he 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 knew like how how strongly I felt about it. So I had this picture, and the picture is uh, the tunnel at Mount Smart is like uh, it's quite it's quite fancy. It's all painted up. They've been walking out the same tunnel since '95. It's quite famous, and I've got a picture of the tunnel looking out on the field as if I'm walking out. And so I've always had that uh, in my house, by my bathroom or in my office or something. And that's always kind of stayed with me, and I knew it was going to happen, but I just didn't know when. So, I think it was twenty seventeen. This guy, he was like, a, he was one of my coaches when I was younger. He he quit coaching and he's he built daycare centers, and he's now a multi millionaire. And he rings me and says, "And you're never going to believe it. I've just bought the Warriors." I was <laughs> like, no way, <laughs> you guys, mate, I've just brought the Warriors, how would you like to come I've come and, come and no home and play? And I was just thinking, I knew this would happen, I knew it was going to happen, like I was so sure. Um, I called my mum and I said, mum, listen, so and so's just rang me, he's just brought the Warriors, <laughs> like, like, I knew it, I had the feeling it's going to happen, and she was like, oh wow, that's awesome,
0: son, like so happy, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, because coming back to what you said at the beginning about your family and bring them together to see you then, yeah, Play out there must have been the yeah. most special of he well, that
1: was it, and then as I, I've kind of followed it through the news, um, you know, I checked the online news to see if he was telling the truth, and you know, there <laughs> it was, his name. And then as I'm watching the news next week, oh, the deal's gone south, oh, it's it's off the table, it's back and forth, oh they don't want to sell it because this and that. And I just thought, oh man, like this was, was too good to be true, you yeah. know, it's too good to be true, but um. Yeah, so it, it didn't work out that year. The whole thing fell through, but I still had a feeling that it was going to happen. Yeah. I just didn't know how, but it was going to happen. And then, um, you know, obviously, m- my wife um, shared that she had the crash, and straight away I knew I had to move back home. Um, it was kind of like stepping into the abyss because yeah. I was leaving. Well, when I first left Wigan, the intention was to come back. Um, when I got to New Zealand and I saw how bad, how bad away she was, like I couldn't just. You know leave her and be like all right, <laughs> you know all the best mm-hmm. um so so i stayed uh, i didn't have any contracts or anything lined up Um were you out of contact at wigan at the time no no so i was still on for another two years i think or another yeah. year so i think it was j- just before pre-season it was, yeah it was the day before wasn't
0: it Something on the, eve yeah. of the I, I season went for starting i came back from pre-season 2018
1: yeah. for a month yeah and then after that month just before end of That's november right, yeah. she had the crash so i went back um yeah, it was just I was looking at Rugby Union, up where she lived, because was, she was staying about three hours north. Um, I asked the Warriors, I said, look, like, like, what can we do? Is there anything I can do? And they said, nah, like our roster's full. Like, there's, there's not got anything for you. And,
0: and you obviously wanted to be in New Zealand, not Australia, because yeah. you wanted to be close to yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was gutted, so
1: I went back to them. Oh, twice I went to them, they said no. Um, I asked again. No way, really? I asked again a different way. They said, Look, we can't do it. Like, there's no way. I um like, All right. Um, the third time, I just said, Look, I'll come for free. Just let me bring my boots, have a trial. They went, All right, sweet. Are you um, serious? Say- yeah, yeah. And then I think they said, You can have like a week's trial. Uh, train Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday, I think Saturday, I signed in the top 30. Geez, so that's that, well that week. That, well, that's a oh, tough. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it. That's yeah, a tough environment it. to yeah. think.
2: The pressure of that, yeah. I, mean, I just can't even get my head around the pressure that mm. that you must have been under at that time. What that's, a side they had by the huge. way. huge
0: at that yeah. time too. So yeah, yeah, like Mark says, you must have trained <laughs> bloody hard that Wednesday, Thursday, oh, I Friday. I
1: I just thought if this is, you know, this is as close as I get, even if they say look, thanks anyway. I just wanted to know that that week I gave it everything.
3: And how were you feeling leading up to that week, Like like John said, the pressure there must have been pretty unbelievable. Uh I felt I felt confident. Um
1: Yeah, it was it was hard. It was it was different different environment. Like when I was at Wigan I was kind of the big guy in the back line, you know, kind of tall, you know, I stand out a bit. I got to the Warriors and everyone is, you know, David Fusatua, Kim Amalo, like they're all massive and fast and can jump, mm. and are fit, and can go down as for like, I'm going to have to... They can't jump off a cliff, uh, <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. They might be Brett, bigger than the neck. catch me, but
2: they, can they jump off yeah. a cliff backwards? You know, no, like that's no. <laughs> yeah. Can they yeah. jump off Duke 92 after a <laughs> few the No, they can't. See, that's the biggest difference between the NRL and Super League, the amount of bigger bigger athletes there are, or yeah. bigger, faster. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I think because they got the first pick of the bunch.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah,
1: mm. yeah. That and the, you got, like, the island factor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a that's a big yeah. that's a big factor. Yeah, lots of different yeah, you
3: guys are bigger than sure. us. And faster and stronger.
1: Uh yeah.
3: fitter. Yeah. Traditionally fitter, no. Yeah, no, maybe not, yeah. Traditionally fair. Yeah. Outside all the time, Yeah, yeah po more power athletes I'd say.
1: Yeah, but if 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 you're a white kid growing up in Auckland and you're still playing rugby league in your twenties, you're you're gonna be a professional. Yeah. Because to make it through those junior grades when, you know, I was playing against a guy whose name was his name? Alvin Mataveo, Samoan yeah. boy. He was about six foot four when we were 11. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> he's got like a little little goatee and that. And he yeah, was dra- he's driving, to get, and strong, driving to the game. Driving to the game. Driving to the game. He was one of those guys, but the whole comp was full of them. Yeah. And so. So to survive that. To survive that, to come out the that. So like, you don't see many white boys playing in, nah, in Auckland.
2: Nah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I, would, I
2: wouldn't have survived it, I don't think.
0: That's, that's that's been steep. I think Willard. I think you had the skills though, right,
2: mate. I, oh, I tackled I, I tackled Paulie Paulie at the weekend. Yeah. And it was like literally well, I you, couldn't even get my arms around the eye. I thought he ran over. No, he did ran yeah. Did that count as a tackle on the snatch? No, seat? it didn't. No. But literally I was looking at his shorts when he came out to
0: the game and I was like, they're bigger than my, my I shirt. stand next
3: to him with my skinny little legs and it's embarrassing. Yeah.
0: I thought I had skinny legs until I met Flash. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. unreal for a professional athlete, aren't they?
3: <laughs> 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 they work though, don't they? They're doing their job still, aren't they? Yeah.
0: Um I, I just, I just think that's such a remarkable story how all, all that worked out, especially for your family and your wife, so you could be with her in New Zealand, and all those great moments. The next thing you know, you're back, you're back in Witness. Yeah. That, oh, I mean, that must have been. <laughs> we talk about changing culture and a bit of a shock to it as well. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wh- what? How did that happen? And. and you know, playing at the very top level with Wigan and then going to the Warriors to come back to Witness and then not playing at the top level mm. anymore. What what was that like? Oh, well, there was it was never the plan because when I signed when I signed with Witness,
1: uh, I think it was June. They went on a twenty game losing streak. It's so, you. so it your <laughs> fault. <laughs> the curse. <laughs> the curse. <laughs> the not curse. the man of the people. It's just no, the curse. Yeah, <laughs> just
0: the curse <laughs> hey. But um, but yeah. so you yeah, But and also, but you talk about it is um. And actually, you mentioned at the top of the podcast about what it was a bit bit strange, not professional. It's. The yeah. dark side, I think. You call it the dark side of rugby league? I call should? it the asshole of rugby league. Let's go Excellent. with that. The dark side as well,
1: whatever you want to call <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, so can the you go into, mile, can the you go into, miles back. I'm not, I'm not, uh, just can to you make you it clear, I'm the not the talking arsehole. about Witness or Witness town. No, it sounds no, a no, lot no, no, like. No. Are, I mean, are talking
2: no. specifically about Witness the town? No, no. <laughs> I'm talking about the financial situation there. Let's talk about your asshole. I mean, let's talk about
0: Witness's asshole. What did you mean by the asshole? It's tight. So I mean, doc, like doc, doc. I mean, like the
1: ugly side. So it's not, yeah. it's not your Sky Sports prime time, you know, seven thirty. No. It's under the lights. It's it's Barrow, on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. And it's windy, and the field's flooded. Yeah, you know that. But you seem pain. to
3: embrace that. Like seeing your social media, and uh, on, on Twitter especially, you seem to embrace that and shed it in a good light by doing videos and kind of getting a bit of support around it. Yeah. Is that what you kind of thought? It's, you can you can take it two ways. You can talk about it and kind of reminisce about better days, or you can make the most of it and get a bit of support and a bit of love and joy around it. Yeah, can we just, just take really?
0: a moment to acknowledge that Mark Flanagan just asked a question. Contributed. Well, well done. done Thank you. <laughs> Please carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the question? I'm
3: not, I'm not <laughs> repeating that because it's quite long. But yeah, d- like you shed You good light on it, yeah. like no, a you tough situation the question. But, uh, from where you've been. To my third time <laughs> please
1: don't <laughs> no nah, yeah i know i know what you mean it's um i think i was just making the most
0: yeah making the most of a of a bad situation you did tweet about that didn't you You did i think at the time sort of saying this is a reminder of what it's about and you know it's mm-hmm. rugby league at the, the purest i suppose but yeah yeah, it must be challenging after everything you've been through yeah no nah, I, I enjoyed it it was different it's mm.
1: it's it's kind of it's a special atmosphere I think I spoke about, uh, I said the type of person that it takes to come and watch witness at Barrow Away, Mm. like to have that person watching. That's a special person. That's a special person, yeah.
2: But that's one way of looking at it, special um, or strange. Do you know that's the same? That could well be the same.
0: We're all a little strange. witness is actually what got me into rugby league in the first place, though, because um, my first language is Welsh, and we used to have a Welsh language show on S4C called Scorio. Used mm. to show Italian football, bizarrely, and rugby league. When of course, Jonathan Jiffy Davies. Jonathan yeah. Davies. <laughs> yeah. And let's not forget John Devereux. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. On the right wing, um, started playing rugby league, and then and then sort of Scotty Gibbs went, and then Scott Quinell, and that's. With Wigan and St Helens, properly got into it, but yeah. they played some decent rugby back in the day. Witness oh the World Club Champions game. at one point, right? Yeah. In the eighties, it was 80s. unbelievable. Yeah, but yeah. it
2: shows you actually rugby league for all its history and heritage and stuff. Those big clubs, it's not nothing certain. No, do no. you know? You described example, it as the ass <laughs> of the game, and, <laughs> yeah. and if I can just think, what you're trying to say is that. Not everything is as glamorous as it seems in professional sport, is it? Like no. the assumption that you're going to get paid on time, the assumption that, that facilities are good, yeah. the assumption that 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 you know nutrition and you know your medicals all great and your insurance is fine and. You know, you can park at a ground.
0: There's car park spaces, yeah. you know, no, like... You, you must be fine at Toronto. You're probably getting advanced, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Th- Private healthcare. Yeah, all yeah, yeah, things. sure. Yeah. Sunny oh, does. Is that sure. how it sure. works? Um, Sunny will be all right. Look,
2: that, that side of the game is really exposed. Because what wh- it's like when you go, if you're dating or something, you always present the best side of yourself, don't you? Yeah. You very rarely turn up and go, by the way, yeah. I fart <laughs> loads. Um, I've got a small kench. You know, occasionally i have be... Oh, oh, like a prawn from the west down. Gene, my personal hygiene's not great, you know, especially on a weekend, yeah. you know, you would not never do it, would you? So rugby league clubs very rarely show the inner workings no, exactly. of themselves. You're not going to show up to a date and say, oh, by the way, I'm skint, <laughs>
1: no, which is you. what happened when I got to witness. You witness. Know, <laughs> two months in. oh, by the way, there's no money.
2: <laughs> you could have told me that on the first date. Why, why are you waiting till date five? I'm already
0: committed. I'm falling in love here. That's <laughs> what it was. <laughs> Um, but you yeah, so you had your were um year at witness and then and then Warrington. So I've I read lots about this, about whether you were offered to go back to Wigan, would you have liked to I'm sure actually there would have been a few offers, wouldn't there, mm. before you signed. But was Warrington always the, the first choice? Uh yeah. I liked I like Warrington. Uh, what appealed to me is that um I I
1: didn't have to move my daughter out of school for uh. the, the fourth time in a year. Yeah, yeah. Um also they train at a university campus and there are links there, you know, for studying and stuff like that. So 29 years old, I'm also thinking about the transition after rugby. Wow. You know, on top of that, you know, they got a great squad. They got, you know, awesome coaches and, you know, some of my old mates, Josh Charnley, Jack Hughes. So I just, yeah, it's
0: It's interesting. You talk about being a little bit of a maverick, quite eccentric Mm. uh, in terms of just seeing how things go. It's interesting, I don't know whether that's a father thing, that you are now thinking about the future because you have to, a little bit, mm. is that fair to say? Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. I think I think everyone has to, you know? It's mm. not like you can, especially rugby league, can't play forever, I man. No. <laughs>
2: but that's The funny thing about that is, right, I reckon when you start your career, much like we were saying about you going to a dressing room and you're completely unaware of the implications of culture and all of these things, mm. I'd say at the start and the middle part of your career, you should you should just enjoy your career. I think there's always this pressure like that you should constantly be like planning for the future. But I think back to when I was like, you know, my early twenties and like, the the thought of not just relishing that opportunity, not giving it everything you've got or not just really enjoying that because you feel guilty that you maybe should plan for something after is kind of a weird concept. You know, you you, you know, but I, it's I, such a
1: such a physical
2: sport. It isn't is, yeah. No, it? but is. I always
1: had that guilt yeah. that I shouldn't have carried. You know, I'm 21, going oh, but if it doesn't work out, yeah, yeah. Why just relax? But that's what really? a self, right? Yeah. That that's a self-limiting belief, right? You believe
2: at any one time, your career's going to finish. Yeah, you, right. I'm not going to back myself. Why? Right? Because and you know this could finish at any time, and I need to do something else. Yeah. And we always talk about sports people protecting themselves for their career after rugby. Well, that's an individual responsibility. If you want to do it, mm. fine. If you don't want to do it, that's your choice too. Yeah. And, th- and there shouldn't be like this safety blanket of, of protection for guys. Like guys can make their own minds at, at what stage they want to retrain. Yeah, they need retrain. to be aware of the
3: pros and cons. And but what, what? But some lads aren't aware of like, the, their career. Well, how patronizing, Mark? You well, think look, that not aren't aware of this responsibility? Well, yeah, I've played with provide... lads that probably don't realize that. Yeah, mm. I have, yeah.
2: But so they just enjoy the career. But what I'm saying is, the self-limiting belief is, I must plan just in case my career doesn't work. Yeah. And I think of like the top-level like elite people in the world. But they have I, to plan I just, regardless. I just don't think they think like that.
3: They have like to plan that, regardless because they have to retire one day. You can't play but, until but, you're 70. Yeah, those top, so those top, top six, players
0: don't, but for ret- every one of those pension. top players, there's probably quite a few that, that, that do get that sort of yeah, like, career-threatening like, injury. You just said you, felt, you feel guilty
2: for not having anything in place. Yeah, and that's like I think that's really common. Actually. Yeah, it's always it's always kind of that
3: nag. Yeah, it's like that's anxiety. We yeah. build anxiety. We all have young... anxiety around different things. Yeah, I know, but we build like, it. Like you into... probably have anxiety about that like, two pints of guinea you had before, but you did it anyway. That's fine. Um, we build anxiety. <laughs> thought, we do, don't we? I we build anxiety
2: redundant. into young rugby league players who are being paid the square root of fuck all money <laughs> to do what they do. And why would you worry a guy who's getting paid 18 grand a year to be a professional sportsman about what he does next? Because mm. he can come and work in our coffee shop for 18 grand a year. Flash. No, he can't. It's, uh, do, you know had what, do you know what I'm saying? What are we retraining these guys to do to, to earn like big money elsewhere? Mm. Well, they don't, they're not good. Like, if you don't need to retrain to be a lawyer to, to earn the money that You've you earn as a rugby league you're player, so
0: realistically, you are not so about a coffee shop? Uh, I have actually. Town, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, Warrington. and Warrington, I think Warrington
1: would be an awesome spot for one.
0: Would you yeah. think about a franchise situation with the boys, or uh? would you go on your own, uh? like a <laughs> <laughs> PKB? You no, know? nah.
1: hey, I'm 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 open to anything,
2: man. <laughs> He's, He's, planning. He's, He's planning. He's planning
0: for s- the future. I'm am yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm down for whatever. Hey, happy days at Warrington at the moment, though. I'd, I'd imagine if you nil St Helens, you probably get. What happens after the game? Just see you boys. Come back Monday. Don't worry
1: about it. Have a few beers. Um, what do we do now? We train the next day. Head recovery. Um, go through the video and stuff. That was the Friday. So Saturday, Saturday Sunday off. Yeah. Can we
2: talk yeah. about Steve Price's really small punch that he does when he's celebrating the trail? Yeah,
3: he does do that. <laughs> i like, just no, noticed No, no, it's
2: now. not even a full punch. He doesn't <laughs> follow he does through. Do that, it's not yeah. a big punch. It's like a, he just yeah. does a little threat And if it. you watch the game back, Lee Breeze is copying him. Mm. Lee started doing the small punch. Who hit it first? I think it was Steve Price. Steve Price had the very small punch. And now Lee has developed an even smaller punch. <laughs> oh, I
0: do it as well, coach. Yeah. Look at me. Yeah. It's um, like people crossing the legs because the person next to them is doing it. Yeah, mm. I, d- I didn't know what to do, actually. I've <laughs> stayed true to myself <laughs> throughout the whole part. You're, you're just too big, aren't you, to cross your legs? Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. I'm, I'm trying are, not I to know. get my socks on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's good. good. It's, it's, brand. It's, an it's an outfit. It. Um, I yeah. thought you were fantastic on the telly, by the way, during that game. Oh, thank you. I thought you, uh, you got a word in, which was nice. It's mm. mm. always good. He always does. Um, the uh, Liam Breeze, by the way, he must be the most annoying... Could you remember, Like I used to watch him live and he'd be in the back line. I mean... That's nothing. How long are you allowed to be in that back line bringing water on during the game? Do you remember we used to do that? Or oh the trainer yeah, bringing messages. It's crazy. It? I mean, yeah. what I, does he say? You'd see him I sometimes. Think, I think they had a crackdown on it a few years ago. They did, because with Wales, when he was at coaching Wales, mm. he used to come on and you, you, you could see him. He was basically playing standoff, mm. but not touching the ball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's Physios now. Physios pass messages. Or well,
1: he done that when he was playing too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welsh <laughs> legend, I won't have a word <laughs> said against him. Uh, she so had a good week and it's actually a positive start for, well, it wasn't. i, I tell you what was interesting was that um, actually two things. First game back against Wigan, It um, couldn't have been a better script for you in some ways, apart from the result, which we won't talk about. That must have been pretty weird, running out of the DW against Wigan. Yeah, was yeah that, that was weird. Because st- there was a lot of hype about it beforehand. Yeah. Uh, what was it like in the end? Uh.
1: It was a weird one because every time you, you try to imagine the game before you play the game, like I couldn't imagine what it would be like or what it was going to feel like. Because every, every time I imagine being at that stadium in those tunnels, um, it's, you know, playing Fort Wigan. And it's weird because I walked in and I see all the kit men and stuff and I used to always walk in and say hello. Yeah. And I thought, oh, no, I can't do that. Oh, well, of course I can. <laughs> I walked in. All right, George,
3: how are you, mate?
1: So, um, yeah, it was, it was nice to be back. Bit how was it playing nostalgia. against
3: your old like, your old teammates? Cause I watched the game and, and there appeared to be a period in the match when you tackled Joe Burgess in the in goal. Yeah. And then it looked like you like pulled some grass up off the turf and like sprinkled it in his face.
1: It, it looked that way because it was that way.
0: <laughs> it's <that what> <laughs> yeah, got a bit yeah. viral that, isn't it?
1: Yeah. As um Yeah, it was, it, was, it was fun to play against your mates. so uh that team though, it's quite different. It's not there's a lot of new new yeah, guys. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just a bit on that was that we I think you were claiming that to be a Salt Bay moment, wasn't it? You know, yeah, the old the grass. <laughs> is that what you're doing with him? Was what was that all about with Joe? Is that something? How did he, cause he didn't react?
1: Didn't yeah, he? I think he was too tired, <laughs> too <laughs> tired to react. Um, nah, is that like,
0: just part of your character coming out again?
1: Oh, it's giving him a bit of grief, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's alright. Just You it? The just let him yeah, know. I've just fine? trapped them and goal, yeah.
0: Yeah. Life, yeah. You must have done that when you moved, sort of moved on and playing. Yeah, but John and I want?
3: played against each other when you were at Saints and I was at Salford. Mm-hmm. And we were both captains that day. And as we were walking out... Not a big deal. Not a big, big deal. <laughs> Legend, not, not Surrounded not by, by legends. I mentioned it because he's really chuffed about it. No, but as we were walking out, you decided to hold my hand. <laughs> and like I, with your strong grip. And we were both walking out to these 10,000 people and both captains were holding hands, which is a bit <laughs> weird. Kinda like that, (laughs) yeah. And he squeezed my balls in the game as well as he tackled me. Did you give him a little kiss? Why would you do that? Yeah,
2: didn't. Probably some sort of weird psychological thing to try and assert my authority over him because I'm feeling insecure as a man. Captain to captain. Did that work? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Is it? Is there? Is their mind (laughs) games still strong? What they won rugby league? No. Yeah, there's a bit of that. There's a bit of mind games. Yeah, uh, so
1: it's just to get in his head. Yeah. And if you think it didn't work, it did because years later.
2: Yeah. yeah it's
3: still well, it's,
0: has no way.
3: it's still bugging him
1: you know yeah yeah, yeah it
0: is. he's brought it up I didn't know was <laughs> a thing I forgot <laughs> I'd done it are you are you guys good at that like I was terrible at sort of any kind of sledge and I didn't know what to say I would just sound weak and stupid like are you quite good at do you get involved with a bit of chat and have you got a couple of good one-liners uh no?
1: nah I, I, I'll keep to myself yeah yeah, yeah.
0: just he, salt he dishes it out next to you do you? I don't, I don't. I used to you give refs I a lot of shit, don't you? Um, yeah. He's a bit of a gobshite.
1: Um, I, like, I like giving people shit after they've been hit really hard. <laughs> but it's never by me. I don't hit people hard. <laughs> So someone, one of the middles will put the hit on and I'll be running back. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah! Just yeah, make noises. Yeah. Get that in <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the fortress.
0: <laughs> I feel like if That's you were... how
1: I feel like. Yeah, I be a part <laughs> That's of
0: your contribution.
1: my contribution to good scr- defense.
0: <laughs> Fourth man <laughs> in just with the words. Yeah. Uh. Um, if you were in a rugby player, I, I get the feeling that, well, apart from the coffee shop um, and maybe a BMX shop, who knows, um, you'd definitely be involved in media in some ways after. It'd mm. be it'd be fool not to have a character like this. Mm. Uh, not them saying the career is ending soon. Um, but there is a pressure just in case it does end. Soon. <laughs> no. Have you got no. anything in place? No. No, <laughs> no it's <laughs> fine. He said he has. He's 29. Yeah, he's yeah. been, um, you know, yeah, he's been professional about it. Um, but I know you've been doing a lot of stuff on social media recently. Mm. Was this your idea, the old um, the ankle bank? This ankle f- bank, yeah. Is this, is this you? Was this all you?
1: Yeah, yeah. This was all me. So uh, it's kind of bringing some of my passions to life uh, sports, you know, sports, sports news. Um, Sports betting, and just talking can you explain shit.
0: a bit about what it is, and for people who haven't seen it yet, because um, it'd be good to get a shout out for yeah, it as well so for a very very good cause. So what it?
1: it is, what it is, it's a it's it's sports betting, but it's non profit. So I've always I've always loved sports betting, um, and I didn't I didn't realize realize this till till you know quite recently is that a lot of people don't like sports betting. Um, talking to the guys at you know like rugby am. They're very strongly against sports betting um sonny bill williams very strongly against sports betting um and i looked into it i said well why is everyone not into sports betting and obviously you hear about sports betting and straight away you think gambling addictions problems blah blah, blah. and i've had those problems and i've had those addictions and all that but i thought if there's this thing that's so bad um people don't want to associate with it how can i not only Move past that, but change it for something good. Yeah. So what it is is uh, every week we we put a little bit on, you know, five bucks or whatever. Um, all the winnings go to charity. Because when I when I looked into why people don't like it, so re- religion-wise, um, they say doing like sports betting is is just the pursuit of money. The pursuit of money is greed. Mm. You know, the pursuit of greed. It's not. It's not good. But I thought, well, if you take away the winning you know if you take a take the money figure out of it like what you're winning doesn't matter because it's going to someone else to so all man. of a sudden now it's about the fun of interacting with people you know who do you think's going to win let's have a conversation you know let's have a bit um i don't know revelation it could just be yeah, yeah, like yeah. when i was a kid playing and you know sports would bring people together i like to bring people together this way
0: what kind of reaction have you had um with regards to that
1: it's it's been really good. So I, I spoke to my missus about doing something along these lines, and when when I thought of the name Ankle Bank, um, which is obviously you know the sock, the money in the sock. That's know?
0: how every social media yeah. post starts, isn't like it? I thought the of the money goes ankle in the sock. Bank, bank. I just thought, wow, that's perfect. Like, yeah.
1: well,
2: is that a thing? Keeping money in your sock
1: uh it is if it's a small amount of money <laughs>
3: it's <small> amount yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah which is i think we used to do that a little bit on Did you out?
0: yeah
1: it's also yeah. a thing when you ride your bike because if you put it in your pocket it's going to fall mm, out yeah. that's true yeah Clever. that's
2: just a bike it's a
0: bike thing they said it's yeah. every everything just but but actually together. you talk about um sport bringing people together i think just rugby in general because a lot of the funds are going towards rob burrows is that right mm. and i think because of that doddy weir and rugby union who mm. both yeah. suffering from the same awful condition, yeah. and uh, that I mean, that I, I know you've probably covered this. I know Rob is actually on the podcast in a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah. Um, it, it's it is awful, but how wonderful for everyone to come together for him that just proves how strong the game of rugby yeah, league r- Rub-
2: is. rugby's a really small, when you actually look at it, it's a really small community, isn't it? very, you very, know very it, small community, you're, you're very small, too small. Mm. You um, forget living in
1: the northwest, like we like the media you watch and the stuff you listen to, you are in a bubble. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I you mean? Know, everyone's in their own little bubbles all over the world. Like even in our bubble, it's a small bubble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, but that's what makes it that much more special. Yeah, and that's you
2: know. cool. That's like part of its strength, isn't it? But then yeah. everybody supports everybody else, you know, and mm. it's,
0: it's kind of, it's a cool thing, you know? Yeah. It's one of the coolest things about our game. Um, I remember doing some work back in 2013 World Cup and they did try to sort of expand the reach of the game across the UK a little bit. Do you think? Mm. Do you think that can happen here? Because this question I always ask, you know, is it always going to be Northwest based? I know we had sort of London involved as well, mm. but you know, in Wales, for example, people just love rugby. Mm. Yeah. You know, I get. Are oh, you not allowed to like Union and League? It's really weird. You get slated on social media if you say like one or the other. Yeah. Oh, I love rugby, but mm. whatever's got on the end of it, whether it's Union or League. But you have to look back to the history, don't yeah, you? Of yeah, of course. Yeah. It was so, all done in hotel room, and they all decided to go
2: a different way, didn't they, back in mm, eighty, yeah, it yeah. was. But, but, that, but that history is never really, we've never really broken those shackles. Mm. Like, when Rugby Union was using the school system, the, you know, the private school system and public school mm. system, whatever, to, to spread the game, mm. Rugby League was dependent upon clubs, amateur clubs, and, and you know, factories and, and, and certain little sects that were playing the game. Yeah. So while rugby union's going around the world spreading its footprint, we we were not doing that. No. We we chose to like grow the game through independent sports clubs. Mm. So we'd set an up industry. a rugby club yeah. an industry and we'd play via that. And the the prolonged period of the amateur game in rugby mm. union was an unbelievable leg up in terms of its global its global footprint. It was yeah. a jump, wasn't it? You know, and 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 for us to even this this is the weird thing, like I don't think we should compete with that. Why would we be obsessed with with growing like obsessed with it when we can really secure what we've got now as a base and Mm. then allow teams to come in who bring capital and add something like my club Toronto, where they've brought a serious investment, brought a cool city from a different side of the world into our competition, Mm. then there's value. But in the meantime, can we not get the most out of what we're doing now?
0: Yeah, if you look in Ireland, the Gaelic Athletic yeah, Association yeah.
2: is quite comparable in in loads of ways. It's a similar sort of geography. It's really focused in Ireland. It's regional. It's not got a growth. We don't play Gaelic. We don't we don't play hurling. No, you know in in the UK, but still commercially, I think Etihad sponsored hurling to the tune of seven and a half million quid a year. Mm. You know that's like the same challenge by them is embraced as a niche like we yeah. could be the sport of the north and then we can build from there i just mm. think we're sort of paranoid about it's being more than what we are yeah. today
1: eh? i don't know what it is with rugby league i always feel like rugby league's like like the skint cousin or something yeah you know mm. or like the skint brother of rugby union and it's always it always seems to be poor poor decisions somewhere you know marketing wise yeah. or or like you said trying to reach into areas that we shouldn't reach or yeah.
0: but but having said that I think the organizers across the board know their fans probably yeah. better than most organizations when it comes to yeah, sport yeah. in terms of the stuff they put on but can I ask a question about the pinnacle like what's the pinnacle cuz you know um usually it's playing at international level mm. that's is that true of rugby league you know I know you with the NFL it's obviously within your your sit- cities, or states, and then, you know, rugby union's probably international is the pinnacle. Mm. What about
3: rugby league? From a competition wise, it's the, the highest standard you could play. But I think for, in the UK, especially for eyes on the game and publicity, I'd say super league is is bigger because yeah. the international game probably hasn't grown as much as it it's probably stagnated. Well, whereas well the yeah. game
2: goes like this. It goes state of origin NRL grand final and then it goes England versus Australia, England versus New Zealand, New, v- New Zealand versus Australia. Yeah. And then it goes Super
3: League Grand Final, yeah. and then it goes Challenge Cup Final, mm. and then it goes, well... But in the UK, I don't think the same number of eyes are on England internationals as there are Super League big games at the end of the season.
2: It depends <laughs> on oh, it's oh, maybe, you, uh, it? Yeah. Yeah, you know but. what I mean? But it's it's easy, sim- it? similar, yeah.
3: But the the, the flip to that, the
2: mentality of rugby league is always dominated by the clubs. The clubs run the game, as in the clubs, um, you know, pay for the contractual obligations of the players. Uh, Rugby Union essentially contracted, therefore it's much more lucrative to be an international rugby union player Mm. than it is a rugby league player. Mm. I went to the World Cup for England Rugby League in 2008, and when I got back, and I'm not saying this, that I I love the game and I would have played it for nothing, but we got 380 quid for six weeks in Australia playing for England, after
3: it's all deductions. Not.
2: Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. They double taxed us by accident. We got some back, but.
3: Accident. Yeah. And how was it playing for the Cook Islands? Yeah, it's not much better, mate. Anybody in terms like, because you guys are qualified what for the mean, World you Cup. you mean, you mean money-wise? Well, well, both. I mean, money-wise. Qualified wise. World Cup,
0: 2021. You're in yeah. Wales' group, weren't Yeah, that's yeah. right, mate. And how was the game the pool, growing on the back day.
3: of, you know, the Cook Islands involvement in these, these kind of matches in the Pacific Islands? Uh,
1: Cook Islands is a Cook Islands is a tough one because it's such a small place. Yeah. So the Cook Islands is ten thousand people. Is it? That's the whole country. Yeah.
3: But they've got a lot of expats in New Zealand and.
1: Yeah. So Australia, and New Zealand. I think there's a hundred thousand Cook
0: Islanders. Right. Worldwide. I mean, but so the team th-
3: th- 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 the team you've got for the World Cup is a population of hundred and ten thousand. But the team the teams made up. There's a couple oh of yeah.
0: Samoans who've come across, yeah. haven't they, and given their allegiance to the Cook Islands and stuff yeah. like that. But just just on that. Nah, what no, no, no. Half they will be half half. So yeah, like Don Perry's, that yeah, Cook yeah. Island, Samoan, yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, um, why did you decide to go down the Cook Island route? Was that just something you wanted to do, because th- th- your background or was New Zealand uh, yeah. ever an option? Nah, I don't think New Zealand was ever
1: an option. So when I was under 20s, um, I think I was 18, they said I was a Cook Islands team at the end of the year. Um, they got a game against Samoa and Cairns or something. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll go down and have a look. So they had a training in Sydney. Um, we went to training and they just said um yeah be at the airport tomorrow at 9am i was like seriously yeah we're gonna go for a week play this game <laughs> like the whole team was just kids from the under 20s comp with the i think like one or two kind of older boys um we went to cairns for a week played samoa who had like francis mally um you know all the i think Kylie lulawai just flew in but they weren't playing that game because they were waiting to go to Papua new guinea the next day for the pacific cup right and so we played them and we beat them, and we're like, yeah, how good is this? But I think we won by like a drop goal. And they said, oh, by the way, because you beat Samoa, now you take their place. This was actually a qualifier, not a warm up game. <laughs> so you take their place in Papua New Guinea in two weeks' time. Wow. And I was like, what? Like, some of the boys had to go back to work, and we were struggling to find players and stuff. Um, went to Papua New Guinea, beat Fiji in the semi final, mm. um, came up against PNG, and if we beat them, we would have been in the Four Nations. And we're winning at half time, you know. So on the back of that, that two thousand and nine team, we've had some real momentum. Um, I think everybody in that in that team got signed to an NRL club yeah. or super league yeah, club yeah. that yeah. year. On paper it looks like a really good side now, doesn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. it, it was awesome. Yeah. Man. It was like Tanud Alarona, um,
0: Don Peru. Uh, you know, some of the guys that are mm. still playing Super League now, yeah. yeah. Uh back to Super League just quickly. Warrington this year you mentioned you've got a good squad. Mm. Uh it'll be tough. I was gonna say it'll be tough against St Helens, but actually actually um after nilling them, it's not a bad start to the season. How do you see the Wolves going this year? Um I think I think we've got the best
1: best chance. Um It's it's hard, it's hard to predict these things. You know, obviously i will say I I Beck us to win. Um I think I think the work that we've done in pre-season is a lot different. Or oh, I get the feeling it's a lot different to what's gone on there in the past few years. So especially our our one week in Portugal, um, you know, every night we had a meeting just about culture and how we want to do our culture, and it went it went quite deep. You know, there was a lot of honesty and uh, some really good good feedback and stuff. Um, I think it's just a really
0: good vibe at the minute. Yeah, uh, you don't play Salford for till April, I think. But you got mm. Toronto in a couple of weeks. So do you have any kind of fear or nerves when you know you you're coming up against the great John Wilkin? No, um, I'll answer that for him. No. The answer is no, but he's probably
2: politely going <laughs> to say something like, "Well, he's all right. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fine. Not out. as good as he the used to be, no. but he's quite good." If he, played me t- if he played me like 15 years ago when I was 21 and really didn't care about what I did after my career. <laughs> <laughs> you had been fine. Yeah. You always had the coffee. No, nah, but just what, what uh, Anthony can't say about Warrington this year is they're a great chance. Like, they're as good a chance as anyone. Um, I watched, I was at the game for, for uh, Warrington and St. Helens and I was like really impressed with how Warrington moved the ball around. I thought... There's a really lazy way to win rugby matches, and it's been just competitive and just, you know, just making sure you play the ball and kick it and then chase it and wait for someone to make an error. And I actually thought that's not what Warrington did at all. I thought yeah. when you could, you moved the ball, you stressed St. Allens' defence out. And I just think, like, that's pretty cool to come into a season and think, right, we're going to change something from last year. And it mm. might be the fact we just moved the ball a bit more than we did. Yeah. Play with a bit more ambition and 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 i respect that someone who comes into a competition who already had a great squad mm-hmm. have added to that squad and then go you know what we're going to challenge everyone else to sort of maybe think differently and mm-hmm. that's and know it's, we're 2 weeks into the year god bless no, we like, got a place to magical. do it. A lot, a, lot of, a lot of that's
1: um like yeah. lee breers you know he, he wanted yeah. to push playing different you know test like you said testing people out but at the same time never going away from the tough stuff yeah yeah, yeah. you know that's important because a lot of teams are kind of do one or the other yeah true but you know you, you could you can play different and move the ball around. But yeah, there's some things that aren't negotiable.
0: Don't get rid of the salt bay. Uh, <laughs> and maybe when you're scoring tries this year, have a little slide in for us, will you? I uh, respect 1980s. the poker. 1980s <laughs> 1980s. 1980s style, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anthony Gallien, thank you so much for being our guest. Hey,
1: thank you for having me, mate. Thank you.
0: Cheers.